Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Brand Builder Show. And today's episode has a bit of a twist. We're going to be talking about branding of uh, a bit of an e-commerce brand, but also some personal branding stuff in there as well, which is going to be uh, yeah, a really interesting, great topic to chat about and uh, you know explore more ways that you can earn money in your entrepreneurial career. Uh, and to do that, we brought on Erica. Erica, welcome to the show today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to having a discussion about, you know, firstly, the, the, the brand that you've built. I had a little bit of a look at it before uh, we recorded, and it's uh, very cool. I like it. And then we're going to talk about um, TikTok, which is an interesting topic of discussion right now for many reasons. Um, and then a bit about um, a bit about personal branding. Uh, before we do that, I'd love to hear a bit about your story, your journey. Um, you know, give us the elevator pitch of your uh, journey, entrepreneurial journey so far. Catch us up to today, and then we'll dive into some more Stuff. Sure. Yeah, I'll try to keep it short and sweet. Um, so yeah, I'm Erica. I'm the chief everything officer and founder of a startup called Broda, where we make functional like protein snacks, better for you snacks. Um, we have a edible cookie dough on the market right now, added protein, less sugar, cleaner ingredients. Um, and then we're launching cookies pretty soon in the U.S. So um, the three pillars of our company is fun, functional, and nostalgia. We kind of try to tap on those things with all the products that we launch. Um, and yeah, my story, I guess I went to school for psychology, grew up, you know, like my parents worked normal jobs. I grew up in a very small town, um, graduated with a degree in psychology in 2017, worked in my field for just over a year and absolutely hated it. <laughs> and at my desk, I used to listen to entrepreneurship podcasts. So I would go into work, listen to podcasts all day at my desk while I was like filing stuff and scanning stuff and answering calls and um, my contract had come to an end um, at that job and I decided to quit it, not continue working there and to pick up everything and go backpacking for three months across Southeast Asia. Um, and on that trip, I met entrepreneurs and that's where the seed kind of got planted in my head and I realized, oh, I can actually build a business. I don't need to have a business degree. I don't need to have parents that have built businesses before. I just have to have uh, the willingness to learn and figure it out. So. I got home, Googled business workshop near me, drove out to a business resource center, learned how to write a business plan. And then later that year in 2019, I launched Brodo. Um, and it's actually a product that I used to eat myself and make for myself back in 2018 when I competed in bodybuilding. I had to like replace all of my junk foods and sweets with healthier alternatives and I would make them myself. And this was something that I made. It was like a healthier edible cookie dough protein bite so to speak um so i decided to package it and sell it and brand it as brodo and now we're here <laughs> yeah no very cool i love the um i love the journey that it was just something that was a, a something that you wanted to solve for yourself it's uh, those are the greatest products sometimes aren't they and um yeah it's, it's a very cool sounding brand um and so we'll obviously we'll dig into some more of that and the journey of that um, but to help us get to know you a little bit more as well, we do like a little section, lightning round, uh, favorite five, and uh, to try and understand your favorites of some things. Um, so if we could uh, dive into that before we kick into some of the deep, deeper questions, that would be amazing. Um, do you have a favorite e-commerce brand? You know, so I don't buy that much stuff online. Um, however, there is one company, they're local. I order meal prep and they're called Macro mm. Foods. Um, and I love their website. It's super easy to navigate. It has all the meals and nutritionals in there. You can create account, get points and get discounts on future orders. So they're one brand that I really like and I love to support and the quality of the food that they have is really awesome. Um, so I would say them nice. 
And then I'm a big fan of Smart Sweets. I buy a crap ton of Smart Sweets. I don't know if you know, are you familiar with the brand? No, no, no. So no. it's like a healthier candy. Like I think there's three grams of sugar okay. per bag. Um, they're not cheap, but they're good and they're a good alternative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Sounds good. Okay, cool. And then in terms of a uh, very on brand, by the way, because you know, you have a, a food brand and then you, yeah. uh, you're kind of into food brands. So I am, makes, yeah. That <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, do you have like a, a software or a tool that's your favorite that helps you run the business? I really like Hootsuite because um, I'm big on content. Okay. So I use that to mm -hmm. schedule like all of our posts on various platforms um, and look at the analytics there. It's super helpful. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, how about an organic marketing channel? I feel like I know what this might be, but. Yeah, TikTok, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll get into some more of that. Um, what about paid marketing? Do you do much of that? Uh, you know, I don't really. Um, I think I would say TikTok because I have dabbled in that. Um, it's been mm -hmm. challenging just because my product, like, I couldn't sell outside of Canada. But once we launch, um, I mean, there's a lot happening with TikTok right now. But again, yeah. <laughs> when we launch in the U.S., I think um, TikTok would be a good page uh, channel as well. Yeah. yeah, good, good. Okay. And do you have a favorite business book? I recently read Atomic Habits, um, and I think mm -hmm. that can be applied to a lot of entrepreneurs um because mm. i think habits are super important um and that's yeah. been very helpful for me so yeah absolutely um and then bonus round because you mentioned podcasts before yeah uh, what's what was the best entrepreneurship podcast that helped you on your journey uh it was called the mfco project by andy frisella um okay. yeah i like i highly recommend people go check that out um i listen nice, to yeah. it every day <laughs> what what does mfco stand for uh mother not was, sure if I, I can swear on here but you know <laughs> no that's fine yeah yeah uh, I was um a bit naive there wasn't I yeah, yeah. that's okay <laughs> walked right into I, I it you said M I thought you said MFCO so I was like but you said MFC yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right, right 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 I should have picked up on that <laughs> um uh, by the way I love your self-proclaimed title earlier chief everything officer I like that I've not heard that before yeah it's yeah it's a blessing in disguise <laughs> Yeah, well, and a lot of our listeners will be very much in that same boat. Mm -hmm. So they will, they will resonate with that having to kind of do everything. And, um, you know, we talk in our community about the book E-Myth, uh, you know, E-Myth Revisited and drawing out your organizational chart right at the beginning. And it's kind of a, a great thing to do, but a little bit depressing when you start because your name is like on every single mm -hmm. box. <laughs> it's like, oh, geez, but, um, but that's how every business starts, right? So yeah. um, that's good. Speaking of which, let's let's talk about Brodo. Um, you talked a bit about the, um, the the concept and why you started it. Um, can you just yeah give us a, how, how long has it been going? Did you say? Uh, just over three years. Okay, cool. And how's that trajectory been? Have you um, seen sort of quick growth? Has it been sort of more like um, you know gradual growth? How has the trajectory been? It's been interesting because I launched three months before the world flipped upside down, right? Um, mm. Like March 2020 is when everything shut down and there was this big D to C wave, like everyone was buying online and I capitalized on that. Like it was really good for me. Um, you know, I did a lot of marketing and I really pushed for content and a lot of people saw it. And that's when I started like getting on TikTok as well. Um, so my D to C channel blew up and then the following year, it you know, it was still pretty consistent. And then this year, um, 
and last year, even 2022, it kind of flipped. So D to C, uh, things kind of slowed down there. And then we launched into retail and now we're getting stronger footing and growth in retail compared to online. So that's been really interesting to see. Um, nice. But this year is the year of scaling and I'm fundraising. I'm taking outside investment to help grow the company quicker and scale quicker. So that's exciting. And I think over the next year, we'll we'll grow a lot um, quicker than we did last year. Last year, we got into about 120 doors. Um, and then this year we're looking at expanding and increasing that number. Nice. Yeah. Um, just on that aspect of retail, what did that look like? Was that just, um, uh, how did that happen? How did it come about? Just circumstance or did you go out there and pursue it? Yeah, it was challenging because I had to, when I scaled, I basically used to make this stuff myself, right? I would rent a commercial kitchen. I would go in at night, make dough, bring it back to my condo. Um, at one point I was storing it in my car and packing like in the driver's seat. I was super scrappy. And then it started to grow and I, I grew my apartment. I could no longer make it. So I found a manufacturer. And then from there I found a distributor uh, heard a lot of no's before I heard yeses. And then from there, um, things kind of just fell into place and we started to grow it into retail because the product itself, it is refrigerated. So it's really hard to scale it online. Um, shipping and shipping costs, especially over the past few years, they've just increased astronomically and people aren't willing to pay it anymore. They'd rather go in store. So that's kind of why we flipped and shifted our focus from online to retail. What are some of the challenges that you face selling a consumable product, particularly a refrigerated one, aside from shipping, of course, but like someone selling, uh, you know, dog leads or something, you know, what are the unique challenges that a food brand would come across? I would say there's just very, especially in Canada, I'm not sure what it's like in the States or like other parts of the world, but there's very limited, um, like frozen or refrigerated storage. And oftentimes um, there's really high minimums, like there's one, uh warehouse here and i talked to them and their their pallet minimum was like a hundred i don't have a hundred pallets of products i have like four yeah so <laughs> when you're small it's really hard um you know like getting people to give you the time of day and take you seriously um and yeah it, it's more expensive as well like ambient storage is it could be 20 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month Frozen can be $40, $50 a month per pallet for storing it. Um, and then freight is more expensive as well. Like you can have a truck, just a regular truck, take product anywhere that's shelf stable or ambient. And then you have to get refrigerated or frozen trucks for mm. for my product. So it does, it affects, mm. you know, the whole supply chain too. Like, and you, it's riskier because you don't know like, okay, the shipment's getting delivered in August and it's like 35 degrees. I don't know if you guys do Celsius. Do you do Celsius? We do Celsius. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's just America. That's weird. Um, but uh, Do you guys do Celsius as yeah, well? Yeah, we do. We do. Oh, yeah. No, those Americans. Are... I know, I know. They're silly. Um, but yeah, you don't know. Like maybe like the, the driver is unloading a pallet and it's like out in the parking lot because he's talking to someone for like half an hour and then the quality of your product, you know, like it melts or something happens to it. Yeah, well, like I'm yeah, sure you've gotten ice cream before and you've opened it up and you're like it's half empty like what happened or mm. it has freezer burn or something somewhere in the supply chain someone goofed up or it got left out or something happened so there's just more risk with it yeah wow the margin for error is really slim isn't it on that yeah uh, you don't really think about that kind of thing um and then in terms of raising funds for it to be able to grow it 
again, I know it's a bit of an open-ended, vague question, but but what does that look like in terms of you know you pulling together, obviously a lot of stats, a lot of data to you know show the progression of the business. Um, but yeah, can you give us some insight into how you're going about that, what that whole process looks like for you? Yeah, so um, this has been something that I've been doing for the past like six-ish months. Um, I basically put together like a pitch deck and showed the growth of the company and projections and like our plans for, you know, retail and D to C. Um, the big selling feature of the brand and getting people to like really invest in it and like the journey and where it's headed is like the community that I built with it. Mm. Um, like I think we have close to 300,000 people across multiple platforms. Um, and the problem that I have is I can't um, sell to a lot of those people because they don't live in Canada. Like a majority of the people who follow are American. So um, that's why we're pivoting and we're launching a shelf stable product in the US market just to kind of open that up and bridge the gap. And I've kind of been explaining that to investors like, hey, look at this is the engagement. This is where we're at compared to other brands. We're making a lot of noise and people want to support, but they can't. We need your money to help us get there and make it happen, right? Um, so I think we're building a really awesome brand and like I'm showing them the innovation and all the things that are coming um, down the pipeline. And then also the team, like I'm no longer just a one woman show. I still kind of am the chief everything officer to an extent, um, but I now have like an operations advisor who has come on um, and is helping me. We meet weekly and I have a full time employee, which is really awesome. And then I have additional contractors that have been helping me um, and will likely come into the company as it continues to grow. Um, but fundraising right now in this climate, it's not super easy. <laughs> and mm. I know a lot of, mm. of our f other founders are struggling too. Um, but that capital is like really necessary to really grow just because there's so many mm. expenses, um, especially with food. The margins are a lot uh, tighter than other other products. Yeah. And the funding that you're going to be getting, is that going to be giving uh, like equity in the company or a return over X amount of years? How is that working? Yeah, so I have two investors who have came on so far um, and they will get equity. And um, again, this is like something that's like all new to me. You know, I have no business background. I have no finance background. I got seasoned math in high school, you know. Um, but uh, what I'm doing, it's called a safe, so it's a simple agreement for future equity, I believe. And basically right now, because the company is so young, I don't really have a valuation. Like it doesn't really have a number right now of what it's worth. So basically investors who come in now, um, they don't get equity yet, but then when I do my next raise, which will be my series A in 2024, they'll get more equity for less because they came in earlier. So they'll get a discount. Um, so it's yeah, kind of like a bonus for them because they came in earlier when the company yeah. was less mature. Yeah. And so if you're raising money, you would have uh, your eyes on uh, selling the business at some point down the road? Yeah, that's the goal. Um, I'm not sure when that will happen. I am just taking things as they come. And I think I'm going to take it as far as I can and then, you know, kind of see what happens. But for mm. now, I think it's like a long road ahead. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I mean, I love the brand, though, you know, it's um, and not just saying that because you're on the podcast, but, but you know, the, the name itself is very catchy. You can see that kind of name and brand and product being on, you know, shelves all across, you know, um, you know America and lots of places. So I think, um, yeah, it's exciting times. Hey? Yeah, thank you. Mm. You mentioned about the uh, the growth of it has been predominantly almost entirely organic. Uh, obviously, a lot of D2C brands would 
just throw themselves straight into paid marketing. What was it that really uh, steered you down the, the route of creating organic content to build a community? Uh, the bootstrapping phase. I guess I was just so broke. I didn't have the ability to invest in marketing, which at the time I was kind of upset and like, oh, I have no money to spend on marketing. It sucks. I hate this. But um, I'm so glad that I struggled and I was forced to like build a community organically because I think a lot of founders are now realizing um, the potential for that versus just throwing money at Instagram or Facebook, especially with like the iOS changes and like you're not getting the conversions that you normally did. They're like, okay, how can I, you know, like how can I market or get creative? Or um, a lot of companies are pulling back their marketing spend and they're actually pivoting to organic and they don't know where to start. So I think it's really great for brands to start doing that from the beginning. And what I did was and again, like listening to that podcast, the MF CEO project, um, Andy is very big on, you know, like it's one customer at a time, one customer at a time. Word of mouth is so powerful. Treat them all the same, you know, like treat them like golds. They're there for you. And also like the things that I would do as well is like, what are, what are your competitors doing and what can you do to be different and stand out? So I would do like handwritten notes, the things that quote unquote can't scale are the things mm -hmm. that make you stand out and people really appreciate it. And I think those small touches um, kind of just like helped build my community. It just kind of sparked and then um, kind of grew from there and just consistently showing up too. like, I think some people post once or they have one video that does really good and they're like, I'm good. And it's like, no, you need to ride that momentum and connect with your audience and like continue to build and um, treat them like your friends rather than like a transaction. Um, I think it all comes down to the mentality that you have around it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which brings us nicely on to TikTok as a topic of conversation, uh, which uh, from what I gather has been one of your, if not the major channel for you for growth. Starting off, like, are you concerned about what's going on with TikTok right now? Yeah, um, you know, I mean, it's that saying goes, right? Like, don't build a house on rented land. I think we all, it doesn't matter what platform it is, like even LinkedIn, I really, I use LinkedIn heavily and I rely on it for a lot of things. And I got locked out of it multiple times. And it's like, I don't have, they, they own everything. I have nothing. I'm just, mm -hmm. you know, a person who uses a platform. Same with TikTok. Um, so I guess what I've been trying to do, and this is the strategy that we're going to start implementing is trying to get emails because emails mm -hmm. you have, they're, you know, they're, they're yours. You can have them and then you can add them to your flows and send them out and you know keep your customers mm -hmm. that way um but yeah i mean it is definitely scary but i think that there's always going to be an app like TikTok. there's going to be another one that comes out and replaces it sooner or later um probably not like a chinese based app maybe a u.s based one mm -hmm. i'm not sure um it definitely does suck for a lot of creators because like me mm -hmm. for example like i built my whole business on there um, my, a lot of my best friends have built their businesses on there. I know a lot of people rely on it for marketing. So um, if it does get banned, it is concerning. And I'm not sure where everyone's going to put their time and energy into a probably maybe Instagram temporarily. But then everyone wants to mm. boycott Meta. So I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So you wouldn't see comparable results from the same content on Reels or you know, Instagram or Facebook or YouTube Shorts even? Yeah, you know, I think TikTok is just a lot different. Um, it's because of the way the algorithm works. 
you're basically in your own little bubble, right? Like it basically figures out what content you like specifically based on your watch behavior, like whether you like something, comment on something, how many seconds you watch of the video, and then it continues to deliver content that you like or engage with. Um, that's why it's so addictive, but it can also be great. It's super educational. Like people, like I've learned a lot of stuff on there. Um, mm. So I think it's also a lot easier to engage with your audience. Like you can respond to comments with videos, you can message, like it has all these features that makes it really accessible um, to like talk one-on-one -on -one with people who are, you know, commenting on your stuff and you can stitch and duet and like, it's very inclusive. Whereas these other platforms, like even Instagram Reels, um, I don't think it's really the same. And I know people really like TikTok because it's less shiny and there's more, candid content on there over any other platform but i think definitely youtube shorts is something that's going to start taking off i believe um and i think that's something that we're going to start taking advantage of and posting on there more yeah definitely you mentioned about emails um collecting emails it's notoriously quite hard to collect emails from tiktok there's not always a huge conversion of um you know lead collection or anything like that is there anything specifically you're doing to improve that or any tactics that you're trying at the moment yeah so we haven't really started implementing that just yet um i have done like giveaways before and those videos have done pretty well. And in order for someone to enter the giveaway, they had to put in their email. So we just have like a link tree and a landing page, people put in their email and then that's kind of it. And it was pretty effective. Um, and then same with um, like when we're launching into the US, kind of putting out content, being like hyping it up, right? Like, hey, we're launching, we're gonna have a pre-sale soon. Um, you have to like offer something right for them to want it to put mm. in their email. So I think that's yeah. a really good strategy, like kind of having like the whole FOMO, like, you know, if you're not signed up to this list, like you're going to miss out on when we announce this or drop this or, um, so I think it's yeah. like constantly putting out that information and making people aware of it. They'll want to, um, put their email in. So I've been doing that on TikTok a little bit. And then, um, yeah. same with Instagram, same thing, like kind of promoting it there. And then even LinkedIn, I've kind of been like, you know, like dropping hints and stuff like we're coming to the US, like be sure to sign mm -hmm. up here. And um, it usually does work for the most part. People do it. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Is it a website on Shopify? It is, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, the, uh, the product seems like it obviously lends itself to like, repeat purchases. Is a subscription uh, sort of plan or model part of what you do? Yeah, so we didn't do it with the cookie dough um, just because we had to do minimum order quantities based off of like we couldn't just ship one jar of cookie dough out. Um, so it was kind of a little tricky. But with the cookies, when we're launching those in the US, we are going to implement a subscription model. And then we're also going to like launch with two flavors and then do like limited edition drops or like um, pre-sales or things like that. And I think like having that subscription piece in there, like will really help with repeat customers, um, and having like consistent, uh, sales coming in. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Good. No, that's cool. Um, so yeah, sorry, back on TikTok. Um, whether it's TikTok or short form, obviously, I don't know how uh, this podcast episode will age because who knows what announcements will be made. Yeah. Well, do you know when they're going to make a decision on it in the US? Is there a date? Uh, set? I'm not too sure. Um, Canada's a little different. We're, we're there. I guess they're kind of fighting right now. I know the TikTok Canada team and they have been fighting Bill C-11 which they're trying to basically regulate um, TikTok and YouTube 
and basically show Canadians Canadian content on the algorithm, mm -hmm. not content out of anywhere else. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that will be scrapped if the U.S. bans TikTok. I feel like Canada will probably follow suit. So mm -hmm. I don't think it's something that will happen overnight. I think it'll be a lot of back and forth. And then mm -hmm. if it does happen, I'm not sure, like, are we just not going to be able to log in one day or is there going to mm. be announcement or like what is that going to look like because we've never seen anything like this really happen i mean it's happened in india like tiktok got banned in 2020 there um but i'm, I'm not too sure mm. yeah i feel like it's a really naive thing to say but i just i feel like it just won't happen okay you i know, hope you're I right because i don't know I, I, yeah <laughs> i don't have a basis for that i don't i mean i haven't read the you know, the legal proceedings or anything yeah. like that i just i feel like it's you know an overreaction but then some people would say you know it's it's uh, it needs to be done so it's i don't know it just seems extreme but i'm probably being completely naive with it so who knows yeah yeah but let's say tiktok does survive um let's hope um what are some of the uh, success points that you said you know for beginners that just maybe wanted to start out on the platform maybe it gets the approval to stick around long term what should beginners be doing what have you done to really uh, build that community build that audience on TikTok from day one yeah I guess it's like humanizing um, whether it's like your personal brand or your business I think having like a face to the the account or the brand is really mm -hmm. helpful um, I know a lot of founders are very apprehensive to do that. They don't want to be the face of their brand, but it's really worked. And I think it's proving to work because, um, you know, people want to feel something. They want to feel connected to something. And I think that's going to set you apart from your competitors. So if you can show up consistently in your videos and post consistently and um, talk one on one, like you're talking to the person directly, I think that's super impactful. Um, and share your story like storytelling is huge like why should people care about your content um like mm -hmm. share share not only like the high share the lows show like whatever industry you're in like give people like a peek behind the curtain because it's super interesting to people um and they're gonna want to follow along for the journey so i think it all comes down to that um and then yeah there's like different tools that you can use like there's trend talk it helps you find trends trending sounds trending mm -hmm. videos um i like i think you can schedule with hootsuite i haven't done that yet um so if like time's a huge thing like you can schedule posts and then on top of that you can time block so a lot of people come to me and they're like i want to grow on tiktok but i don't have time and how do you have time for this i don't get it and i'm like okay well you can content block like just go sit down or whatever for like two or three hours a week make a bunch of videos and then you can schedule them if you need to um it really doesn't take that much time or energy as long as you're consistent with it and you um i guess get used to the platform but if someone's like looking at just getting started um i would go in scroll on the for you page look at even search competitors or people that are doing what you're doing in the search bar and like look at their page and see like oh this really worked for them i can do this because TikTok is basically just everyone copying each other no one is original so you can you can take like ideas and inspiration from other accounts there's no like problem with that so yeah yeah i've noticed a few people trying to do um content get content on tiktok and trying to get maybe like a va in the philippines or something like that to post the content for them but then it only gets shown to an audience where it's posted have you discovered that at all i haven't but that's very interesting um i 
believe that that it could be true. Um, mm. it, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Even if you mm. can take some, and this is like something that um, I'm very good at remembering little things, so it's not a problem for me. But like, if you don't have like a scheduling tool and you need someone, maybe you want to outsource it. Um, I don't know. I personally would sit down and just like, you know, set an alarm like for 930 or something mm -hmm. and be like, okay, I'm going to post it today. Yeah. Or like if make it a habit, like on your lunch break, maybe you're going to post it, you know, like mm -hmm. kind of atomic habits. It mm -hmm. comes down to habit stacking, mm -hmm. like combine the yeah. things. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's the advice that I would have. Yeah, no, no, it's good. I think the only limitation is then say for me, like I'm in the UK, but a lot of our, a lot of our sales come from the US mm -hmm. and I want to reach a US audience and it's navigating that, isn't it? But um, but yeah, it's interesting. But I, I'm not sure um, whether that still happens or that was just like a thing that used to happen. But um, yeah, I just wondered if you'd encountered it. But The other, I'll just quickly tack on to that. So I yeah. can like initially, like we're, we're pivoting now, but before I can only sell my product in Canada, right? So I didn't want to reach anyone who was outside of Canada. It didn't sure. make sense for me. Um, so I was using like hashtags, like, um, Canadian made or can Canadian TikTok, things like that to try to reach that audience. And I think it does work and it does help, um, because oftentimes a lot of Canadians engage with the content that has those hashtags and then they'll continue to get content that has those hashtags. So I think if you add in hashtags of different locations, it should help mm -hmm. and it'll also batch it. So if someone searched the hashtag in the search bar, then your your and if your video performed well, then it would be under that hashtag and they could find it there too. Good idea. Yeah, good good thoughts. You um you mentioned about TikTok for like a brand or or personal branding. Your something that you're passionate about is is personal branding, and you you know you mentioned LinkedIn. You're creating content on LinkedIn. Um, wh why do you think it's important for for you? And then why do you think it's important for other e-commerce brand owners who are listening to the podcast to build something of a personal brand? Ah, uh, yeah, I am a huge pusher of personal brands. Um, some people don't love it. Some people love it. But I think personally, um, especially as a startup, you want to build trust, whether that be with mm. business partners, customers, potential investors. Um, and I think if you're constantly showing up and you're putting out content, you're adding value, you're building a community, um, it's going to come back to you, right? Like if you are constantly giving um, down the road when you need things, you're going to have that community there that's going to help you because you've kind of given so much to them already. Um, and the way that I look at personal branding, yeah, like you're building your personal brand and, you know, this is me, this is me. But I think also at the same time, your personal brand is... Um, the way that you are perceived by others and like the value that you add. So for example, um, all the things that I've learned in my three years of building Brodo, I've tried to share and like be very transparent with all the failures, um, the learnings from it to help people prevent, like prevent them making from the, the same mistake. Um, and like also, um, you know, I was posting three years ago, I think two years ago when I first started on LinkedIn um, and sharing the journey. And I didn't really need anything at the time. I wasn't hiring. I wasn't fundraising. I wasn't doing anything like that. But when it came time to me needing to do those things, it was a lot easier because that community was already there and I already have the resources. And it's also a lot easier to get in touch with someone who you normally wouldn't have the ability to, you know, work with or message or whatever, because um, you've established a presence on there and you have the yeah. community. So yeah i love personal yeah. brands i think it's worth it um yeah yeah it's an interesting um 
interesting point of view i think because i think when a lot of people think personal brand they think well you, you would do that because you've got something to sell and it's an interesting angle that you you take there because you know you don't have you know not that i'm aware of or maybe you do now but didn't then you know you said when you first started creating content there wasn't any um you know specific purpose in terms of anything to sell or anything to raise or anything like that but the community that you can build from it and i, and I think that's absolutely true because i you know, i'm you know, relatively active on on twitter probably well not that active i should be more active but there's a good community on there of e-commerce you know um you know we were quite big in sort of the amazon space but also d2c there's a lot of good operators on there at the moment it's just kind of flooded with chat gpt threads you know of how to use chat gpt to automate your life and earn million pound a month million dollars a month but all all that kind of stuff but um you know but in general it's, it's really good and i've got a lot of value from other people on there if you need something if you've got uh, questions or you need to find what's the best way to do this there's always people willing to to chip in there so i you know i would 100 percent concur with that and um but what's interesting i think is you've taken the route of making linkedin i think your number one focus talk to us about why that may be or if that's if there's any other strategies you know are there any other platforms that you're majoring on or, or is it just that one I, yeah, I guess for me, I'm like one person and I always tell people like, try not to spread yourself too thin, try to pick one or two Mm. platforms to really dive into and be really good at. Um, And then when you kind of figure that out and you're doing well on there, then maybe add another channel. Like I haven't, Mm. I created a Twitter account, but I honestly haven't given it the time of day just because I'm mentally tapped out and I can't. But um, yeah, LinkedIn, I guess like that's where I found my employee. That's where I found, and Mm. he's a rock star, by the way, like he's great. Um, And I don't think I would have found him if had I not been present and posting consistently Mm. on the platform. Um, like I posted a position and I had tons of applicants come in and they know me and they know the brand. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, like my, ed, uh, operations advisor, like he saw a post on LinkedIn and that's how we got connected. And now he's helping me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's worked for big corporations like Walmart. So I think like having that talent come in and help me at such a small size, like it's, I don't know. I think my time and energy is best spent building on there and even like retailers, like creating awareness and just kind of using it as leverage. And then when you go to those retailers, it's kind of like, oh, like I've seen you on LinkedIn or like I know what your brand is about. Um, It makes things a little bit easier and you can get your foot in the door. Um, Mm. So it's really great for B2B, even mentors, mentors. Like I remember when I first started posting on there, I had I was terrified too. like I was messaging. you know, CEO and founders of products that I eat daily and consume daily and mm. they built multi-million dollar companies. And here I am like, hey, like I have this cookie dough company. I store it in my living room. You know, do you have 10 mm. minutes for a conversation? Um, and they were very receptive and they got on a fo- the phone with me and they talked to me and they helped me. And some of them are still mentors of mine to this day. And this was all through LinkedIn and the knowledge and the learnings from just my experiences uh, with the people that I've met through there are invaluable. Like they're priceless. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find like, you know, your your community there, like you, whether you're in you know, tech or CPG or whatever industry you're trying to be successful at, like the people are there. And yeah. I think surrounding yourself with people that are in the same space as you is very helpful and it'll help you get places quicker and help prevent you from making screw ups, right? Yeah, no, very cool. And like I say, really interesting take on it because 
I think my my immediate reaction and a lot of people's is our personal brand, uh, something to sell, you know, um, that's separate from their brand. Um, so it's a really interesting take to actually leverage that for your brand, and that's really helped your brand grow. I, I love it. I think it's yeah, really smart. What's um, what are some of the content things that you're doing then? Is it all just the journey of your brand? Are you throwing kind of leadership stuff in there? What's the what's the play? Yeah, it's just like me. You know, I'm a 20 something year old who's never done business. I'm a first time founder. I'm very transparent. I don't really know what I'm doing half the time, but I have really great people who are helping me. So I think just like talking about, um, yeah, like from, you know, picking and packing in my living room and showing what that looks like from storing boxes on my balcony in the Canadian winters, um, just being very candid with everything. That's always been my goal because I know some people are not comfortable sharing that stuff on there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess the whole reason why I started posting on LinkedIn too initially was because I went on there and it was very shiny. It was very toxic positivity and fundraising millions of dollars and hiring and getting into new stores and doing all these great things. And I felt like I was doing everything wrong. Um, Like I was working out of my car, out of my apartment, going into a kitchen. And I was like, I want someone to like look up to and relate to. And that person isn't here. So why can't I be that person? So um, yeah, that's just what I've been doing. And for example, yeah. my old product that I launched into stores with wasn't selling because of the price and the size and some of the ingredients. So we're completely scrapping that one and launching a new and improved one in like a month or two. Um, and that was kind of like, you know, a learning, right? Like kind of sometimes things don't work mm-hmm. and it's okay. And, um, you just have to solve it and move on. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Any mistakes that you see? Uh, people making with their LinkedIn content or LinkedIn strategy? Uh, Selling too much. (laughs) Like, I think the more you try to sell something, the less it's going to sell. That's not true. Um, I think it's good to sell things, but I think also you should have trust established between you and the people who are following you. Like, um, like I I did launch a TikTok course and I was selling it, but I wasn't posting about it every day. Um, and if people messaged me and they're like, do you still do TikTok consulting or can I ask you TikTok questions? I would send them the link to my course. Um, and because I built something and they, they see it, there's proof that like I kind of know what I'm doing. There's that trust established there. And then on top of that, I tried to add value where it's like I put out free posts about LinkedIn or about uh, TikTok. Um, so then people are like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. I want to learn more. And then they'll go and they'll take the course themselves or they'll message me and want to, you know, get more information. So I think Mm. people ask too much and they don't give enough. Um, I think it does definitely come back to you when you start putting it more on the platform and people just need to start Mm. sharing more and giving more. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Really, uh, really has piqued my interest about the the platform i think it's something that's um yeah a lot more people should be doing you're right yeah for sure <laughs> good stuff now well, I th- i've found this yeah, really interesting i think you are um building a, a, a great business in all honesty it's um you know that the branding is great and i think that um you, you say you, you don't know what you're doing but i think you're doing a really good job <laughs> thank you and, um, I think, yeah, yeah. As, a, as a first-time founder, it sounds like you've got uh, some real good direction and, and vision for the business, so it's an exciting future ahead. Um, anything that I haven't asked that you think would be good to share before we close up? Oh, I think I spilled a lot out, so I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're good. You ask good questions. Good. Well, um, when 
uh, if people do have sort of uh, further questions or want to follow you on, on LinkedIn, obviously we'll leave the, um, the the link for that in the description. But is there anywhere else you would like to send people for um, to get in contact or to find out more about what you do? Yeah, I guess, yeah, LinkedIn, Eric Rankin. Um, you can go to brodo.ca if you want to sign up to the wait list if you're in the States um, and you want to get some really good cookies. And, uh, yeah, I guess those two places. And I have my website, growwitherica.com, if you're interested in working together. Perfect. Yeah, I'll, we'll put those in the show notes and the description. Um, have, have you looked at getting the .com for Brodo? Oh, yeah, there's a cyber squatter. <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got a .com for one of our brands that we um, – it was, like, you know, too expensive when we started, and now it's triple the price, and they just won't – budge on it it's a nightmare but Sucks, eh? <laughs> yeah it does it does because i really do want the dot com because i feel I, I personally do believe that it is it does make a big difference for especially for d2c brands um you know for tech stuff maybe not and some other verticals maybe not but for d2c brands dot com yeah is a big deal i think but yeah frustrating yeah yeah, got a little turn this. We digress. Yeah, we digress. Mm, yeah, indeed. <laughs> Good stuff, Erica. Thanks so much for taking the time out. Really appreciate all that you've um, you've added. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be following your LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to following the journey some more. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show today. I'm sure you got as much out of that as I did. Make sure you follow up on it. Uh, build your audience. Build a personal brand uh, and get out there and uh, you know, build value, build community because there's so much value to be had from it. Thanks for joining us in this episode. Make sure to like and subscribe, all that good stuff. And, uh, and we'll see you in the next episode. Same time next week. Take care, guys.